We have two scripture passages today, both of them from the book of Luke. The first one is from Luke 5, found on page 1597 in the Pew Bibles. The calling of the first disciples. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, with people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and lifted and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. The second passage is from Luke 22, the verses 56 to 62, and that's found on found on page 1639. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, This man was with him. But he denied it. Woman, he said, I don't know him. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You also were one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is Galilean. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you are talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Uh, Thank you, Jackie. Our... Our reading from Luke 22, that's a Lent passage where Peter denies Jesus, and that's Simon Peter. That's the same person from Luke 5, Simon, Simon Peter. Jesus changes his name to Peter. I'll refer to him uh, depending. Sometimes as Simon, sometimes as Peter, sometimes as both. It's the same guy. And our reading from from Luke 5 is the call of the first disciple and how inadequate they feel, how inadequate Simon feels to the task. Congregation of Jesus Christ, we gather here this morning. Uh, We begin our season of Lent, a time of reflection on our inadequacy, on our weakness, on our sin, and then how Jesus comes to save us, to set us free. One of the serious consequences of sin entering this world is fear. Fear enters our lives. You don't think of that so often. But before the fall, the world was fine. Everything was safe and good. But after the fall, fear entered in. And between animals and people... And in terms of of events that are happening, a fallen world is a frightening, scary place. 
There is fear. And so we have it too in our day. You, you hear the fear of terrorism. You hear the, the fear of, of robbery in our area. People are being robbed at times now. You hear the fear of, of accidents when it's slippery out. And how, how is that if we get in an accident? Or the fear of illness. Someone becomes ill suddenly. You think, oh, what if I become ill? And so there's, there's a lot of fear. And especially... Above it all is really the fear of death. Before the fall into sin, there was no death. Now we all know that someday we will die. And so that's, that's a fear hanging over us in a fallen world. And so Jesus enters into this fallen world. He sees our fear. And in the Gospels, uh, if you actually count up a hundred, several hundred times in the Gospels, Jesus says to people, do not fear. Do not be afraid. Because we are, we are fearful people. When, when Jesus enters the world, he sees that about us. Right away, he looks at us and he says, man, you guys are worried. You guys are, are, are unsure. You, you're, you have got stuff that you are carrying. As, you, are, you are afraid of this and that and the other thing. We, we are, that is a mark of us in sin. We are fearful people. And so he comes and he says, do not fear. In Luke 5 verse 10, we see Jesus who comes to free us from all those fears by confronting the power of sin in us and in this world and even the fear of death by his death on the cross and defeating those powers. So we no longer have to live in fear. We are set free from our fears. That's, that's what Jesus came to do. Now we can live in the freedom of knowing our Lord and Savior and serving him with thankfulness and joy. So during the season of Lent, we're going to name various fears, and we are going to see how the truth of the gospel, Jesus coming and dying and rising again, sets us free from those fears. So we begin with the fear of inadequacy. Inadequacy is that feeling that we know deep inside that, that, that really to manage things, to manage our lives, to, to do things and to go forward. There is so much that we don't know and that we can't do and that we are unable to do. In our own lives for ourselves, we can't fix things. We can't do things just boom, boom, boom. There's all kinds of places we run stuck and we carry worries and, and we know that we can't just manage ourselves or do it ourselves or even, even do what God would like us to do. So with the mission team, it, it was just fun to get Haley uh, and, and Rhea to read for a minute. That they seem, yeah, inadequate to the task. They're going to go there, but they don't speak Spanish. Wow, what about that? They're not missionaries. They, they don't have experience like Mark and Selena Patterson who are in China. We're going to take the offering for them today. Man, if we got them to go, they've been missionaries for years. This group, no, doesn't seem quite up to it. And the building side of it. So, so that, that kind of thing. I do know when, when I joined a team one year and we were in Mexico, I did find that language thing very frustrating. That, that I couldn't speak Spanish 
and couldn't engage with the people the way I wanted to. And, and that's just a reality. That, that's an inadequacy. And then you think too, well then I guess I shouldn't go. Well, no, that's not the come. But it is, it is true that we are inadequate. And, and this group too, a great group, there are inadequacies. So, so what can we really do? Uh, thinking of other examples where we feel inadequate and afraid, thinking when, when Barbara and I, when, when we had our first child, David, we brought him home from the hospital and we set him on a table and there he was and we kind of looked at each other and we thought, uh-oh, now what, right? Because, okay, here we are. Now what? And you think, boy, I've got to care for this child and raise this child. And so, yeah, but the Lord is there, and that, that, is, that is good. But I'm thinking even, even as parents see their children grow, and you have this group here at the front, and, and there's even, even there at that age, as, as kids become teenagers, and then parents are wondering too, because uh, the kids come up with stuff, and they, they do stuff, and, and they want to do stuff, and you wonder, what am I going to say as a parent now? What am I going to do? And even as the kids grow, you still feel inadequate often as a parent. You say, I don't know. I don't really know what, what needs to be done here, what needs to be said. So how you have that feeling too. Sometimes parents feel too, we'd like to trade our teenager for your teenager. Have you had that feeling? <laughs> the comfort of the gospel is that you are actually the very best parent for your child. <laughs> Let me assure you of that. So press on. Other, other f- feelings of inadequacy, if you have a new job, like we are, we are talking with the Welland Church now and getting ready to start there. And, and, and initially, too, I, I find it a little overwhelming. And will I really be able to help them? They, they, yeah, have different challenges and different things. And so, so you feel inadequate whenever you start, say, a new job, a new position. I'm thinking in the Bible, Moses, when God comes to him and then says to him, you will lead my people. And Moses, that's that longest conversation in the Bible that we talked about a number of weeks ago. And so Moses says no, and God says, oh yes. And Moses says no, and God says yes. And, and Moses is feeling completely inadequate. And that's a common feeling in us. The prophet Jeremiah, if you read the prophecy of Jeremiah, as God calls Jeremiah, but Jeremiah says, nope, not me, I can't do this. And then all through his ministry, Jeremiah, all the time, I, I, I just can't do this, I don't know, I'm not sure. Inadequacy. And even serving in ministry in the church, we're going through the uh, nomination process again for elders and deacons, and, and there is definitely a sense as people... I uh, received a nomination and, and are asked to maybe serve, and, and often too, in, in the person themselves. They think, well, am I really up to it? There's a feeling of inadequacy. Can I really do this? And so, so to, to realize those realities in us, we have that sense of inadequacy, often feeling inadequate, and knowing ourselves and uncertain, too, about circumstances around us. So we sometimes feel, too, we're getting in way over our heads. Simon Peter here in Luke 5 felt that way. Simon in Luke 5 
is, is in contact with Jesus. And, and if you see the context of Luke 5 in Luke chapter 4 at the end, then, then you see how Jesus has been teaching and everybody's amazed. And Jesus has been doing some miracles and people are, are awestruck. And Jesus, Jesus is just so amazing in, in what he's doing and saying. And so here Jesus comes, and, and here, is, here is Simon. And what is, what is Simon compared to Jesus? And what can Simon do for Jesus? And so, so even the fact that Jesus uses his boat for a minute, and, and, and Jesus takes the boat out, and, and I bet you even Simon is thinking, ah, I should have thought of that. Because there's a huge crowd, and Jesus is trying to teach them, and if he takes a boat and just gets out on the water a little bit, sound travels much nicer over the water, and the people can sit along the water, and, and he can speak to hundreds and hundreds instead of just, just talking right up to someone, because the sound does travel. People know that. The sound travels really nice over the water. And so Jesus does that, but in doing that, Simon recognizes too, man, Jesus just knows what he's doing, and he's, he's doing so well, and it's amazing how he's teaching and what he's teaching, and, and I'm just not, not really much help in this at all. Until verse 4, it says, when Jesus finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out in the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Hey, hey, ha, ha. Simon says, now, now I know what I'm doing, right? Simon's a fisherman. Ah, no problem. Simon can help here. Simon knows all about this stuff. But, but he knows, he knows, of course, that you don't actually go out in the daytime. It's daytime, and, and so you fish at night. And so it says in verse 5 too, Master, we worked hard all night because the fish come up out of the deep into the shallows at night. And then you drop your net and you catch all the fish. Though you notice Simon hasn't actually caught anything that night. So he, he, he's a bit of a failure there too. But anyway, he knows. He knows what needs to be done. And so he just informs Jesus of this and he loves Jesus. And, and he has the heart of a disciple, the beautiful heart of a disciple when he says in verse 5, because you say so, I will do it. And, and that's, that's just the heart we need to have. That's actually a freeing heart from inadequacy. Because Jesus says, because God says, I'm going to do it, though I feel inadequate. And so, so they do go out. And then what happens? It says they let down the net and they caught such a large number of fish. The nets were breaking. They signaled their partner to come and help. They, the partner came, and, and it's a picture like they have the net between them. They have the net like pulled up on, on both boats, and they're, they're both reaching into the net to pull the fish into each boat, and both boats are filling up till they're sinking, and, and Simon realizes, I have never seen anything like this before. Not from anyone, anywhere, ever. I, this, is, this is completely beyond. And, and he is struck, in fact, by how amazing Jesus is, the king of creation, 
Even the wind, the wave, the fish obey him. And, and who is this, this man? Who is this Jesus? And, and he is just overwhelmed, trying to comprehend in the presence of, of, of God, really. And so, again, he feels so inadequate. How can I do anything? How can I really help? How can I? So, so there's, a, there's a feeling of total unworthiness, total inadequacy. And what does he say to Jesus? He says in verse 8, go away from me. Go away from me. You, you, are, you are so much more and greater. Go away from me. Really, really, for your sake, Lord, don't have anything to do with me. I'm so inadequate. I'm so unworthy. I'm so really unable to help you in every way. And, and that's really that, that deep fear is what Jesus responds to. You might think it odd that, that as as Jesus responds to Simon, he, he says to him, first of all, don't be afraid. And, and unless you recognize how deep the fear of inadequacy is, how totally that, that Simon, Simon has those chains. We got some chains here. The chains are wrapped around him. He is, he recognizes, he is unable. He is unable to help this Jesus. There's just really nothing he can do. Because it's so amazing, so, so much above. And then even when he adds here, go away from me, I am a sinful man. So even if we try to do our very best, we, we still fail and we still fall. And notice uh, if Jesus Jesus. Keeps working with Simon, but, but Simon Peter's, his, his words are prophetic because if you look through the Gospels at how Simon Peter is as a disciple, just, uh, just, just ten examples. I mean, the guy is, <laughs> Simon Peter lets Jesus down time after time. Mark 4, Jesus is telling parables. Simon Peter doesn't understand. He does not understand. I mean, Come on. No, he doesn't understand. Simon Peter, as Jesus is bringing the kids together in Mark 10, and Jesus is blessing the kids, what is Simon Peter doing? Oh, go away, kids, go away. Jesus, no time for you. And Jesus has to rebuke him. I mean, what does he think? He's not getting it. He's a sinful, weak man. And then, and even, yeah, he gets out of the boat, he walks on the water, but then, then as soon as he looks, boom, he's, he's done. He's gone. Not able to be faithful. When, when you read about Peter in the Gospels, he argues three times in different places that he's the greatest. He's the greatest disciple. Well, he's just not getting that. When James and John are... are, are talking to Jesus and, and are speaking about things and then Peter's jealous jealous of his fellow disciples he, he doesn't understand what's going on when Jesus speaks to the disciples that he has to suffer and die on the cross for our sins Peter stands up and says no that'll never happen that'll never happen I won't let that happen that's not good that's not right 
Peter does not, does not understand. And Jesus continually. If, if you think on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus and Moses and Elijah are, are Jesus is, is glowing, beautiful white robes, and, and, and Moses and Elijah are ministering to him because he is going to the cross and he is just trying to, to just set himself for that. And, and, and who comes up? Peter. Oh, oh, excuse me, excuse me wants to build some little tents and wants to do a little something. He, he's not understanding. And even when Jesus goes around to humbly wash the disciples' feet, Peter doesn't get it. He says, no, Lord, you'll never wash my feet. And Jesus has to talk to him again, explain it. Of all of the guys, Jesus is is working with Peter is man this guy is is inadequate to the task and so even in the garden of Gethsemane Peter is sleeping as Jesus is praying and then we read the last example out of chapter 22 worst of all when Jesus needed him the most Peter denies him three times and in that passage, that Lenten passage, that the threat against Peter wasn't great, really. A servant girl could just have ignored her. But he denies him over and over. And then Jesus confronts him. What a failure. What a failure. And Peter goes out weeping bitterly, recognizing his complete inadequacy. So in, in Peter, Simon Peter, we see that reality. And the question comes back for us, what, what kind of disciples can we be for Jesus? Who are we? And in the time of Lent, we reflect on our inadequacies definitely. We, we can rightly feel inadequate. And this morning, I wore my rooster tie. My rooster tie is uh, out of our family uh, on my mom's side in Holland. They have a crest, a family crest, and the family crest is the rooster. And I don't know the whole story behind it, but, but we had a family reunion, and they gave us a tie, and it has roosters on it. I like it. I like it as a reminder of this story. And I'm thinking, too, if, if we are going along in our day, and if we're thinking about the times that we are inadequate, that we fail our Lord, and if a rooster crowed every time, it'd be pretty loud around me. And I wonder about you. It would get pretty loud if the rooster crowed every time our inadequacies showed up, denying our Lord in actions and words. So, so what do we do? As Christians, we, we know our inadequacies. We confess our inadequacies. And, and we put it right here up on the board. And we recognize how it chains us. And so as we do that, uh, we don't want to say like Simon, go away, Lord. The Bible tells us that Jesus does not go away. Even if we might feel that way. The Bible tells us the resurrected Lord Jesus in John 21 calls Peter back and especially restores him because through Jesus' death and resurrection, our inadequacies 
are taken away. Our sins are covered. You have to believe that. That's the truth of the gospel. Our sin, our weakness, our failure, our inadequacies. In Jesus' love and grace, he calls us, he calls Simon Peter out of our unworthiness by grace and he frees us. He says, do not be afraid. Though that is a reality for us, our inadequacies, do not fear. Though we have messed up in the past and we're going to mess up in the future, our fear is gone because when we focus less on ourselves and more on Jesus and who he is, that's the answer. That's the direction. That's our strength and our hope. When we see less of our inadequacy, and more of his sufficiency. He is sufficient for us in all things. His power and his love. So when we make Jesus our fullness, our Savior, our joy and our peace, we can go forward with confidence and joy, trusting in him. And so, so what does that look like exactly? Well, well, let me just challenge the mission team. You are going to go and you're going to be building. Well, well, maybe you don't have a lot of experience building. But I want you to build. Jesus wants you to build. So when you're there and you're at the site and there's stuff maybe, yeah, you don't know exactly, volunteer, step up. Okay, who needs to do this? Who do that? Okay, who'll do this? Who'll do that? I'll do that. Okay, we're building. Let's go. Building, nailing, cutting, painting, hammering. You step up, say, okay, we're building. And then, and then there comes a point where always in a day, say, oh, a little downtime. Keep building. I want you to keep building. Maybe there's some little scraps around. You've cut some things, there's some scraps around. Build a little toy. Just build a little truck or a little boat. Just nail two pieces of wood together. Paint it. And if his little kid comes by, give it to him. Say, here, the Lord loves you. And they'll be thrilled. They will be thrilled. Or if there's a little extra wood around, a lot of the families there have dogs. There's a lot of dogs, partly just for company, partly for safety. Build a house, build a dog house. If you've got a little time, if you've got a little wood, what are we doing? Oh, let's just sit down, do nothing. No, let's build something. Let's build a little doghouse. The family will be thrilled. You're there to build, and in building you show God's love. You can even, if you only have two little pieces of wood, nail them together into a cross. Paint the name Jesus on them. Give it to somebody. You're building. You can build. Build for Jesus. What about talking, speaking? Well, when you get there, a lot of people speaking Spanish. Your Spanish non-existent. What do you do? Don't talk, of course. Don't talk to them because you don't speak Spanish. Wrong. Talk to them. I want you as a team to talk to Spanish people. Go up to them. Say, how you doing? They look at you. Then you say, I'm here to build a house. And they look at you, and you start pointing. House, house. And then they say, casa? And you say, oh yeah, casa. 
That's Spanish for house. And you keep talking to him. We come from Canada. Oh, it's cold, cold. You talk to him. Sit him down. Say, are you thirsty? Thirsty. Are you hungry? You get him food. You talk to everybody you see down there. Go up to him. Talk to him. Hi. How you doing? And a lot of them, I remember Anthony worked with me. was talking to him all day. Didn't know it. <laughs> we got along great. Just talk to him. And you'll figure it out. Pass me that hammer. That hammer thing. Pass me that board. That long board. Talk to them. And they will understand. They will hear your love. Your care for them. Your respect for them. You're not ignoring them. You see them as precious people of God. And though it's your problem that you don't know Spanish, you are going to love them and do as much as you can for them, no matter what. And they'll get it. They will get it. These people come from Canada to help us because they love us. And they want to share Jesus with us. And even gospel, to share the gospel with them. Yeah, it's hard if you can't speak to them. Maybe draw a picture. Draw a picture. Picture of the cross. Draw a picture of something. Show it to them. Or maybe as you're working, you sing a song, a Christian song. They listen to a lot of music. They hear Christian music. It's in Spanish. But if you start singing, nice Christian song, modern song, they, they oh, they know that song. They know it in Spanish. Maybe they start singing it with you. They'll sing it in Spanish. You sing it in English. You are sharing the gospel with them. So be free from fears. Because if you're fearful, you say, oh, I'm not going to talk to anybody, and I don't know how to build, so I'm not going to build anything, and I don't know the gospel, so I'm not going to do anything there. All of that's gone. Jesus frees us from our fears. And we go forward in faith, and he can do amazing things. So I challenge you to do that, and let us know when you get back how that goes. For the rest of us here, we also need to be reminded not to be afraid. Often, often we are afraid to talk to people. <laughs> we who know English are afraid to talk to other people who know English. What's that? Talk to people. People come to visit, talk to them. People in the church, talk to them. People in town, hey, how you doing? Talk to them. We are so fearful. We are chained right up. We will only talk to the few people we actually kind of trust and know. We are trapped by our fears. Free. Jesus wants to set us free. And even to speak about our faith with people. Oh, that is so scary for us. Nothing to be afraid of. Living Lord Jesus wants to work through you. Let him. 2 Corinthians 9, God's power is made perfect in our weakness. We know we're weak. We know we can't just carry on conversations so easily. We know we can't just share the gospel so easily. Go ahead. Try. In the end, Simon Peter became head of the church in Jerusalem. 
In the book of Acts, Simon Peter is the one who makes sure everything is working well. He is the head of the church there. He became a powerful witness for what God can, can do. So trust in Jesus and don't be afraid. Amen. We're going to respond in singing a song 495. I know not why God's wondrous grace to me he has made known. And, and even we don't know why he will work in us and through us, but he will. And there's a beautiful refrain. I believe, I believe. I